If you're an adult amateur horse lover who wonders what it takes to make magic with horses, you're in the right place. I'm Paige Lockton, and this is The Magic of Horsecraft. Join me for conversations with wizards in the world of horsecraft about the ingredients needed to build connection with horses and courage in life. Turns out these things are connected. How do I know? <laughs> like most things, I learned the hard way. I lost the magic I once had with horses. In regaining it, I discovered that the elements of connection are learnable. Whether you ride your horses forwards, backwards, or sideways, stick around for stories that show us how we are the same and that anything is possible. Take a chance. So Dad, I just wanted to capture your thought on our first rule of horsecraft, which is never holler woe in a tight spot, and <laughs> how you came to quote that and why it's important and where it applies. Well, it came from my old buddy, Doyle Mulaney, a chuck wagon driver and, and veterinarian. And uh, it was one of his expressions, never holler woe in a tight spot. And if you do with a team and they're acting up and you try and stop them, then's when you get into big trouble because they kick over the traces, they jump over the pole. That, that's when you get into big trouble. If you can drive them slowly out of it, it's much better. Uh, hollering woe in a tight spot is uh, probably going to get you into a tighter spot with a horse. Horses naturally leave from threat or um, they're a prey animal and they they want to get away from anything that's troubling them and the more you try and hold them in one spot the more upset they're going to get so never holler woe in a tight spot yeah when uh i grew up you would say never holler woe in a tight spot if we were trotting down the road and you were on a four-year-old and I was on my pony to be a babysitter and cars were coming that I was worried about. You'd say, move forward. They feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... The, the same when we were working on horses. Uh, although I made some mistakes with heavy cross ties that maybe we'll talk about before this is over. But uh, also in handling horses, Restraint, when I was floating teeth, for example, I used absolute minimum restraint. As years went by, at one time I had an outfit that opened their mouth, uh, pried their teeth open, and uh, you had to tranquilize them heavily first. I found out that you could, you were much better to leave them with a little bit of freedom, let them move around a little bit, stand out in the alleyway with a halter on, but not necessarily, but preferably not cross-tied. Hopefully somebody else holding them that's calm and collected, but will give them some freedom of movement. And if you restrict them entirely, they're going to fight back. Yeah. Uh, so if you follow them a little bit and give them some mm -hmm. freedom of movement in a tight spot, uh, they're less likely to panic. Yeah. So getting off of horse trailers when I arrived, places where my horses were like, oh my God, all excited off the horse trailer. I would never expect them to stand still. You know, it facilitate forward movement. Okay, you can go forward. You can go forward on a circle. You know, you can go forward, whatever. You can make sure that forward looks like something you can manage, but give it an outlet, mm -hmm. give it a direction and, yeah. and the horse will settle. Their only means of feeling safe is through forward. They do not like to be confined. Yeah. It, when there's a, a newborn foal in a household that hasn't 
handled horses a lot. They want to get a hold of that foal. People want to get a hold of that foal, grab, pick it up, make it stand up before it's ready to, and, uh, and restrain it. It's natural instinct, an hour old, is to get away. Yeah. And that, that's not the time to be. Yeah. This is a good time to touch on. That, that is uh, a big thing that Warwick Schiller is talking about right now, and um, he's been raising a foal differently. So the old method used to be pick him up off the ground until he quit struggling. Well, that is putting a horse in a victim state. It's putting a horse into shutdown mode. And if your methods only require the horse to go in shutdown mode at some point in your life, that can backfire on you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We didn't, we, we knew that before we ever knew about a polyvagal system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hoping it'll. But that's where the polyvagal business comes yeah. in. Uh, the shutdown business. Uh, that isn't the way to handle it. If this is resonating with you, and you've ever felt a little lost as you navigate conflicting data from horse pros across the disciplines, all claiming to have their own methods or recipes for making magic with horses, and you want the clarity and confidence to make sense of it all, I have a roadmap for you. Check out our foundation course. Consider it Horsecraft 101, from amateur to magician making magic with horses a unique group coaching program with live online support that helps adult amateurs from non-horsey families who are seeking understanding and connection become the best stewards for their horses in nine weeks without conflicting data, lack of knowledge, or not knowing where to go to for help. So they understand how and why horses think and react the way they do to create a relaxed and confident relationship. If you're still on the fence, we have a freebie for you. If you're ready, so are we. You can get started at themagicofhorsecraft.com. Until then, take a chance and remember, anything is possible. It was a step better than what they used to do, was, which was overt, like go to battle, go to war with the horse and break it, right? Tie legs up, flip them over, oh, yeah. tie them to posts that don't move, things that yeah. don't give. So yeah. everything I had always had given it, I would always put some elastic somewhere in whatever they were tied to or um and the one time I forgot that and came home with a new horse and his halter didn't have any little sort of givey things tied to it or the cross ties didn't have any give to them and his first day home a little girl reached up to his nose is this your new horse and reached at his face and he reared up into the cross ties hit that immovable sort of feeling and then fought against it for all he was worth till something broke. Yeah, it was him. He lived. That that horse was okay, but he was. I think he damaged his withers. He tipped over and was never the same again. So having some give in everything going forward, and having a horse meet up with something that's got some give, otherwise they can panic. Hey, eh? that's kind of what. And I learned those sort of things by bitter experience. I, who knows how many more things I should still be learning that I'm still doing. But I I made that awful mistake of using an anchored cross tie, and lost a, a foal that we'd raised it, not not as a foal but as about a two year old by having him too tightly restrained and cross ties. It I've made those mistakes. A lot of what we're trying to tell you is from our own ugly experience, uh, and that was one of them. Um, he was fighting a rigid cross tie and broke his neck. 
Yeah. And uh, it was it was traumatic, really traumatic for for him and for us that were there trying to mm -hmm. rescue I, this wreck. I think in some cases that was a case of. Um, being able to do something with one breed of horse that you can't do with another. So working with horses that were bred as ranch horses, you would breed for good temperament, right? For a mm -hmm. horse that would give in and you'd breed it mm -hmm. small. So it's going to be mm -hmm. smaller, a little less athletic mm -hmm. and prone to go, oh, that's the rule. Okay. And give up or you mm -hmm. wouldn't keep breeding it. Mm -hmm. And then we breed a horse and we want it to be an event horse. So we want it to never say die and never give up. Mm-hmm and apply the same rules and run into trouble, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, you, you, uh, as Otella used to say, you do what you get with your mother's milk. Uh, and uh, I was doing those sort of things. I'd, I'd tie a horse up the way I'd always seen it done. And uh, it worked on the crossbreds, the, the quarter horse quieter types, or the uh, half-breds that, uh, that I saw it used on. And uh, then I was trying to halter break standard breads that way. When uh, we really didn't have a disaster, but we weren't having much success, and my brother Arthur was down, and he wasn't really a horseman. He, he Mechanics were his bag, not horsemanship. And he very quietly said, well, maybe you can't treat all horses that way. And I give my head a jerk and looked at him and I'm like, Jesus. And then he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of your greatest life lessons right there where you're not expecting to learn them. Yep. So my, through all the training that I got from all the famous horse people like Jack LaGoff and Captain Mark Phillips and William Micklem and Oded Shimoni and who are all the famous, amazing horse people, the most important nugget comes down to never haul or woe in a tight spot. And that came from Doyle Mullaney, a chuck wagon racer and a crazy <laughs> veterinarian. <laughs> Yeah. You never know, ain't it? You never know. Never discount somebody's ability to teach you something. Listen a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Okay, babe. Hey, you're still here. Thanks so much for listening. What you think and feel matters. If this resonated with you, please like and share. It truly makes a difference. I encourage you to engage with the content on my Substack account and my socials, all at The Magic of Horsecraft where you can join the discussion and shape the future shows. Tell me what you want to hear more of or less of, and we'll evolve together as we grow a community of like-minded souls here for the good of the horse. If you're an adult amateur horse lover looking for confidence and clarity in your role of equine steward, check out my course, From Amateur to Magician, Making Magic with Horses at themagicofhorsecraft.com. Until then, I'm here to remind you of a couple things. One, underneath it all, we all want the same things, to be heard, understood, and accepted for who we are. And two, anything is possible. Take a chance. <laughs>